Would you like predictable income secured by real estate? HBG Capital offers you the opportunity to invest in real estate that is built to be transparent for the investor while designed to be insulated against economic volatility. We provide investors an effortless way to diversify beyond traditional investment opportunities like stocks and bonds and even popular real estate. Our syndication and lending opportunities offer a high rate of return and are 100% passive, delivering truly effortless income. Many other investments offer passive income in the 4 to 6% range. Our opportunities have delivered fixed rates of return in the double digits since inception. Retirement accounts such as self-directed IRAs and self-directed Roth IRAs also qualify for this investment. So, if you are looking for an effortless investment with double-digit returns, then visit our website, www.hbgcapital.net. Learn more today at hbgcapital.net. Welcome to the Recession Resistant Real Estate Radio, where we talk about real estate, passive investing, business strategies, and so much more. I'm your host, Brandon Cobb, CEO of HPG Capital. Now let's dive into today's episode. Hey, everybody. My name is Brandon Cobb. I am co-founder and managing principal at HPG Capital. And today, I want to share my story with you. If you're here, it means that you're interested in using real estate as a powerful vehicle to help you build a legacy. Maybe you want to retire. Maybe you want to make a big impact with your friends and family. And no matter where you're at in life, if you maybe feel like you're not where you should be on the road to retirement, maybe you're putting your last couple kiddos through college before you can seriously start putting money into investments and saving for retirement. Maybe you're in a position where you're scared if you stop working and trading your time for money that that income is going to go away. Or maybe you've got a business that you want to work a whole lot less in and you're just not sure how, no matter what your situation is, I want you to know that you are in the right place. You see, there are two important moments in a man's life, the moment that he's born and the moment he knows why. And I want to share those with you about me here in just a second. But I actually never really thought that I would get into real estate. I I don't have some story about how horrible things were and I was motivated to start my own business. And I would show all my friends and family what I was capable of because they never told me I could do it. I actually started as a medical device sales rep. I came from a great family. My mom was a Catholic school teacher. I was raised Catholic. My dad was a computer engineer. We were able to be raised, my brother and sister and I, in a Catholic family that was upper middle class. And I, I've got to be honest with you, I didn't have any of these horrible life experiences that shaped and molded who I was. I went to the University of Tennessee, Knoxville, and uh, graduated with a good degree in kinesiology. I thought I wanted to do physical therapy. I was very attracted to the physical therapy and medicine world because I wanted to make a difference in people's lives. I just didn't know how I was going to do it yet. And through doing some summer jobs and learning a little bit about medicine in my career, I realized that I had a dream to break into medical device cells. 
And I was extremely passionate about this. I had an uncle who was doing it. I had spent some summers in college going door to door doing ADT home protection sales. That guy knocks on your door trying to sell you a protection system. That was me. And fell in love with sales. I really love the idea of reaping what you sow. If I wanted to give myself a raise, I could just go out there and work a little bit harder. So this idea of medicine and sales really excited me. But there was a really big problem. I did not have any connections into the industry. The Affordable Health Care Act at the time was squeezing insurance companies' profits. And as a result, they were not reimbursing hospitals like they used to for patient procedures. And as a result, those hospitals were squeezing medical manufacturing companies trying to get better deals. And as a result of that, I caught myself in a huge layoff at the time when I was trying to break into this industry. It was one of those filling out 20, 30 hours a week of resumes and getting crickets. This went on for six, seven months. It was very, very disheartening to spend that kind of time and getting nothing back for your effort. It didn't help me at the time that at the same time this was going on, the, you know, that I thought that I was going to marry my person, a specific person, and that ended up not working out, completely flipped my whole world upside down as it does most people who go through that situation. But it didn't help that I was still working a job a year and a half out of college, the same job that I had in college, making $11.50 at Ace Hardware. And that was after I got a pay bump from my previous position. I got promoted to assistant store manager. And I remember not knowing what my next steps were in life. I'd moved into a new apartment, literally didn't even unpack everything. It kind of looked like an organized hoarder's house with pathways to the necessities, the bathroom, the kitchen, my room. But I didn't even want to unpack everything. I was so depressed with where I was in my life. And I knew I needed to change my approach. My, my biggest breakthrough came when I said, you know, what if I didn't have to go around and play this resume rat race? What if I could just beat the job to the job boards and get it before it ever made it there? And this inspired me to get creative with my approach. So change your approach. If you're, something's not working in your life, change your approach. This led me to come up with a creative idea to start reaching out to sales reps, reaching out to sales managers and actually taking them to coffee and lunch and starting a relationship, understanding what their needs were and playing the follow up game until an opportunity came. Well, that strategy worked brilliantly. It took three and a half years, but I did finally land a job in medical device sales. And the day I landed that job, I booked the most expensive dinner at the fanciest place in town with the girl I was dating at the time. And we did like a huge celebration. It was one of the happiest moments I've ever had in my life. In fact, I may have even shed a tear or two in private. It brought me so much joy and happiness. And as I worked in this career doing medical device sales, I did a lot of knees and shoulders. I did a lot of sports allographs. I was rubbing shoulders with these renowned prestigious orthopedic surgeons. I was training hospital staff on my product. I was making a difference. I thought it was the coolest thing in the world to take a patient who could not play sports, put my products in them, and all of a sudden they could play sports. Giving people the mobility of life to do the things that they want to do with the people that they want to do, that drove me. And so I had this job that I love what I did. I thought I was the coolest kid on the block in the scrubs and the surgery rooms and rubbing elbows with the doctors. I was cooler than school. And I'll never forget the moment that changed my life. And it wasn't what I thought it was going to be at the time. I remember 
having a capital trial at a hospital. They were trialing our, our capital equipment, which happened to be saws and drills. And it went really well. And while I was in this surgery room, if you can imagine machines going everywhere, the doctors honed in on the monitor, all the people are acting in unison like an orchestra with the surgeon, giving him everything he wants. He's not even having to look back. Instruments are just appearing in his hands. The patient's injury is slowly starting to get healed on the screen. You can just smell the saline solution and how clean the hospital is. And the other rep in the room started ticking the doctor off. Don't ask why he he was he was just being a really big pain. And this led to him literally saying, hey, you know, I want to try some of your stuff next time, Brandon, which is music to a rep's ears. It's called throwing a dog a bone. It's when something falls in your lap. I mean, best possible that you could have. And I remember leaving that surgery center, going to Starbucks to meet my boss. And I was I could not be more excited about the news. This was one of the best days you could have. And as I pull into the parking lot to walk out of Starbucks, I'm walking up and the scent of coffee hits my nostrils. And it was in June before the equinox had hit. So the days were very long. I mean, it was like five, six o'clock and the sun was just beaming down. Felt like it was 11 a.m. in the morning, right? There were birds chirping. Spring was coming out and everybody was in line excited for their Starbucks. And I remember the look on my my boss's face as I sat down. He seemed kind of solemn. And before I could ever even jump into anything, he tells me, Brandon, I don't think that you're the right fit for us. To which I responded, what do you mean? Or am, am, I, am I getting let go? Am I getting fired? And he responded, yes. In those moments, my entire world became unraveled, but I'll never forget the first feeling I ever met was confusion. What did I do wrong? Like I had the rookie of the year award that he'd given me, uh, you know, sales were great last year. We're having a little bit of a rough year this year, but you know, nothing crazy. And I was working 60 hours a week. I loved what I did. I liked my boss. I loved my job. I didn't want to leave. And it was really crushing for me. To go through something like that, you know, after three, three, four hours of some phone calls, finally, you know, got over the shock factor. I'll never forget. My dad was probably the most supportive during that time period, which is really, you know, interesting because him and I have always had trouble connecting. He grew up in an era where it was emasculine to show emotions. And so he didn't show a lot of emotions. So it was really tough for us to connect, but we really connected that day. And I remember seeing so much overwhelming joy and support for it. And that's when I realized something. It would be a life lesson I'd take with me for forever. It completely changed how I viewed the world. And that lesson was nobody is going to look out for my financial well-being but me. These companies you work for, doesn't matter how loyal you are, how many blood, sweat, and tears you've shed. The decades that you've put in, how high you are on the corporate ladder, nothing. They don't owe you anything at the end of the day. One economic event, one downsizing, one acquisition by another company, one change in management, poof, could be the end of you. And you have to start all over again. So I took this new lesson of knowing that nobody's going to look out for my financial well-being but me and said, you know what? I'm going to start a business. I don't know what it's going to be, but it's going to be something. And I'm going to love what I do, and I'm going to make a huge impact 
in the world. I don't know what it's going to be yet, but I'm going to do it. And so I started, I think, four different businesses. Business number one was I thought I wanted to be the next life coach, Tony Robbins. Business number two was there was a motivational blog. I was trying to get on its feet. I was writing and pulling pictures off the internet. I mean, it was probably the most amateur thing you could probably look at on the internet, quite frankly. I had a business of one I was real excited about trying to create these courses to break into medical device sales. I said, aha, something that I figured out that I know I'm good at, a unique ability. Maybe I can teach these people how to do it and sell it and make money, make an impact. And then fourth, finally, was was real estate. And the real estate thing ended up being the first thing that took off. Interesting enough, I gave myself a six-month ultimatum. I said, hey, look, if you don't make any money in six months yourselves or by myself, I'll go and I'll just get another medical device sales job. And so with that in mind, I set out. And I'll never forget, I started going and putting those like we buy houses signs up on the side of the road. I mean, that's literally how I got my start. And I'd get phone calls from people that, you know, wanted to sell the house or the codes violation saying, hey, take it down. I think at one point in time, the police called and I freaked out and I went and I took down all the signs. But that action that I did did lead to me helping one person who was facing a foreclosure. It was like an hour and 20 minutes from my house. And I drove down, I met him and it was very clear he was going to lose the house if he did not do something. And so I gathered up my money. And started going to a lot of meetups at the time. I'd met, you know, who is to my day, my business partner at one of those meetups. And he agreed to put down half the money. We ended up flipping that house and making about $30,000 from it. And we took that $30,000 and we decided we wanted to reinvest it back into the business. The excitement that we felt making that investment into the business, I... It was nothing like paying for college or paying for rent. There was something about knowing that I was putting money into me, investing into me, that gave me a sense of growth that nothing I'd ever taken education-wise has ever done. And I'll tell you what's kind of funny. We ended up basically lighting that money on fire. If you've ever seen the episode in Batman where the Joker slides down the big pile of money when he's meeting with the mob, turns around throws the gasoline in the match and just burns down the money. That's basically what we were doing with marketing dollars. And I kid you not, we spent $30,000 on marketing. At the time, we would go and we would pull these lists, code violations, absentee owners, eviction lists, tax delinquent lists. We're basically looking for some distress in the single family market. And that's really where we discovered the the niche of entry level housing. I mean, we would we would buy and flip these things, and because of the price point and it being geared towards first time home buyers, these things would just fly off the market. So we just we could not flip them fast enough. And I remember hitting a wall. I was I think in the business for about a year at this point. I mean, we were moving and grooving, and I discovered just how much a young very single, motivated man could work. I was setting up all the marketing and sending it out. I mean, literally imagine printing thousands and thousands of flyers at your house and mailing them out yourself. Imagine going to three or four different projects, one being a new construction project that you've never even done before because you don't know which way to swing a hammer. No construction experience whatsoever to trying to build a house and managing two other flips to managing the CRM platform. I was answering all the phone calls. I was uh, going on the appointments. I was doing all the follow-up. 
everything. And I'll never forget, it was a life-changing moment for me because I had to choose what to let burn at that time. Something was going to have to burn. I had just so much time in the day. I would go to bed at like 11, 12 o'clock after getting all the mailers done and sent. And I'd wake up at 5, 15 a.m. to go to Home Depot to get the stuff. And my phone was blowing up by 6 a.m. with contractors wanting to know where the stuff was or what they needed to do or questions about the project. And I remember doing this for three, four months thinking, I don't want to do this anymore. This is not what I want my life to be. And it was a very pivotal moment for me because that discomfort forced me to start hiring people. I knew I needed to make a change. And I'll never forget the day I hired my first person. I didn't have to answer the phones anymore. And it freed up so much of my time. It was a completely life-changing experience. Anybody who's ever hired their first person is a life-changing experience. And so I had joined some masterminds with other people who were in a similar business model. And I could just copy and paste their blueprint of what was working. And it completely revolutionized our business. We had the blueprint, the secret Krabby Patty formula to success. Well, as we grew and scale our business, we ran into another problem. We ran out of our own money. Real estate is a very cash intensive business. You need a lot of cash to be able to buy a lot of these properties. And at the time, we were using a mix of our own funds and these super, super expensive hard money loans that we had to pay interest on every month. And it was it was just really hard to stay afloat. You know, we had to pay for marketing. We had to pay for salaries. We had to pay the interest on all these loans. Uh, we needed to pay ourselves. And we would have to basically finish the houses and sell them before we ran out of money. So there's always a scramble to, to sell, sell, sell before uh, this happened. And we just realized that after doing this for a couple of years, the only real way that we were going to grow and scale is if we could get all of our own money out and investors' money in and eliminate the big overhead marketing expenses. And I'll never forget the day that we, you know, started reaching out to people and letting them know about this opportunity. The the response we got was absolutely overwhelming. I had no clue there were so many people that were looking for an opportunity to put their money into a vehicle that was secured by something that historically had always held value and excited to create what you know they were calling like these passive income payments. And I was like, well, cool. I've, I've got no problem finding these things. If y'all want to fund them, like, let's do it. And so that's when things really started to take off. And I guess that's where HBG Capital was sort of born. The business wasn't registered at the time, but that's where it was born. And we started growing and scaling. And oh my gosh, the success that we got to experience because we were able to pull all of our own funds out of the houses and use it for business operations, for hiring and cash flow and you know budget overages and all the emergency stuff that we needed. That's when things really started to clear up. And we just, we went on this journey where we kept growing and scaling and we eventually pivoted the new construction because it was more profitable. We created a construction company to control timelines and mitigate risk. We implemented systems and operations to let other people do it so we didn't have to step in. And we eventually started doing entire neighborhoods. We started developing land, all with a focus on this first time home buyer housing product. You've probably heard the term affordable housing, not like Section 8 or government housing, but you know, a product where you know, you've got 35% of the home buying population who's a millennial and they don't have anywhere to live because they can't afford anything. Less than 10% of the homes that are being built are for, you know, these entry level house 
housing prices, it it was really well. So we, we were blessed to be in a very good vehicle that was worked. I always joked that the boat that you're in is more important than how hard you row, right? You know, you're not going to go very far in a rowboat, right? I want to be in the souped up yacht. And we just happen to be in a very, very good vehicle and a very, very good market. And so as we grew in scale, we got to do some really cool things. We, we realized that it wasn't just about making money, but this idea of doing development and, you know, creating these neighborhoods, inventing these neighborhoods to give family homes, there was so much impact with it. It was something that provided value to so many people. And that was when I realized like this, you know, this is, this is my why, like, this is what I want to do. I want to make a big impact. I want to change lives. I want to change communities. And when you do a development, it starts with the city in mind. So we would go to these cities and sit down and say, hey, what's the vision for the community? What's lacking? What are the citizens complaining about? And we would align ourselves with that vision. And so for the city, we loved it because we we're helping bring something to life. And they got the tax revenue, too. That's probably another reason why they liked it. So we're able to create additional tax revenues for the cities that they got to use for the rest of their life to invest back into the community, back into its citizens to make the community better for everybody. That was a huge win right there. That's the first win. The second win was we got to create something where we're providing a lot of jobs to a lot of blue collar working class people. And I thought that was cool to be able to walk out onto a job site and see all the people that are working that you employ, whose families rely on you for income. It's just a really cool feeling. So I always felt like it was my duty and responsibility to be able to go out there and find work for our guys to take care of them. The next win that I noticed it created was we were able to create a product and solve a real need, which was in the you know affordable housing space. And there's just not a lot of people who could afford to buy their first home. And that was the product that we were we were putting out there in the market. So we we're actually solving something that really needed to be solved. It was a big issue with the city. And we felt like we were making a huge impact there. Finally, we were able to make create a huge win, not only for our company, but our investors as well, by generating returns for them that created passive income. A lot of investors that we work with just get these calls and they're trying to replace their business income with income from real estate. They're trying to retire. You know, they're, they're trying to finish putting their last kiddos through school. And we really saw a unique opportunity to make a bigger impact with not just what we we're doing with the communities, but in our customer base, our investor base that we serve. So now I'm on a mission to help as many people as possible create generational wealth, retire, build a legacy and ultimately make an impact with their friends and family because success without fulfillment is the ultimate failure. And I feel like the future is very, very bright. So if this is something that sounds interesting to you, if you're somebody who's interested in learning more about building a legacy or retiring or making impact with your family by creating passive income from real estate, book a call with us. It's an introductory call. It's a discovery call. There's no hard sales pitches. We're just interested in getting to know you. And you can do that on our website, hbgcapital.net. Look forward to getting to know you.